Welcome to episode 26 of Bears, the Bar, and Beyond. My name is Lauren Berryhill, and I am the pre-law program manager at Baylor University. You might hear a slight change in voice on these podcasts as I do not possess an Australian accent. Sorry about that. However, you may hear me throw out several y'alls and fixin' twos throughout the course of discussion. I am a native Texan, and I never feel more at home than in Waco, Texas. I went to Baylor and graduated with a BA in English Literature in 2006. I then went to SMU Law School and graduated with my JD, or Juris Doctor, in 2009. I am a licensed attorney, and I'm happy now to be helping students like me go through the process I started over 20 years ago. So today, to help everyone who is now in undergrad or considering spending their undergrad years at Baylor understand what they need to do to prepare psychologically, emotionally, or spiritually for law school, I am interviewing three Baylor law students about the stressful impact of law school on mental health. This podcast is called Alternatives to Unhealthy Stress Outlets. I am wanting for these three law students to share with me their own practices to deal with stress in a healthy way and helpful suggestions for pre-law students to start handling stress in a productive and helpful way while they are still in undergrad before they get there. Now the issue before the court is the admission and the evidence of the defendant's confession under the facts and circumstances of this case over the specific objection of his trial counsel that it had been given in the absence First, I am interviewing Rachel O'Day, who is just entering her 3L year, or 7Q, for those of you who don't know, uh, Baylor Law is on the quarter system. Rachel, do you want to introduce yourself a little bit? Let's just start from the beginning. Where did you go for your undergraduate career, and what did you major in? Hi, guys. Thank you for having me, Lauren. I graduated from the University of Oklahoma in 2021. And I majored in health and exercise science, which is basically the track to be pre-med or pre-PA or pre-physical therapy. Awesome. So what inspired you to then become a lawyer and go into law school? This is going to sound kind of silly, but during the pandemic, I watched Suits and loved it. But I really liked mainly that the lawyers were able to control situations and think critically on how to solve problems. And I also really loved to read and write. And so I kind of began studying for the LSAT that summer during the pandemic and then took it during my senior year of undergrad. Wow. So do you ever regret your decision now? I have never regretted my decision, and although I didn't decide to go to law school until later, I have loved it so much and know that it was the right place for me. That first week in law school was one of the most eye-opening and humbling experiences I've ever had. I realized that each of my classmates thought the same way that I did, which was logically and pragmatically, and each of us shared a love of reading and writing. And so law school is an extremely hard experience, but the bonds I've forged with my classmates have made law school completely worth it. And it's nice to be in a place where everyone is thinking the exact same way, so. That's wonderful to hear, actually. I think sometimes people think it's gonna be a completely different experience. (laughs) No, and you are going through something really tough together. And so the friendships that you make are are really, they will last forever. So, because you're going through such a hard thing together. Yeah. How would you say that law school is different than undergrad? What should a pre-law student expect when first entering the doors? 
I would say the biggest thing that was a change for me is finals. Um, I'm sure many of you listening to this are used to studying for your final a few days before and getting an A in the class, but that is not the new reality. Um, Most students in law school will study throughout the entire quarter or semester for their finals, and it's a process called outlining. And it's basically compiling all of your notes from class and organizing it and concising them. And so you will do that throughout the entire semester or quarter and then begin studying probably on week two of classes. And so your final is 100% of your grade in the class. And that is a very big change from undergrad. There are no quizzes or tests or participation or attendance points. So 100% of your grade comes from the final, and so people study for that starting on the first week. And secondly, your finals are graded on a curve, so your grade in the class is not dependent on just how you do in the class and on the test, but how everyone else did as well. Where you might be used to making A's in undergrad, now you will be used to making B's, B pluses, and you should be proud of those grades too. But it is an adjustment to go to that. Yeah, definitely. Going off of that, would you say that law school is harder than undergrad? I think it is harder because there are more academic obligations to balance at one time. I think undergrad, there's more social and like extracurricular things to balance with school. But with law school, it's all just academic obligations. And the deadlines are self-imposed in law school as opposed to an undergrad. Your professor imposes your deadlines. They set, you know a time for your quizzes and your tests and your homework and when things need to be done. But in law school, you just have one date and it's the end of the semester and that is your final and you need to be there and that is the only deadline. So it's up to you to do the reading every day and do the work each and every week and outline throughout the semester. And if you don't, you will pay the price for that. So I think it's harder because you really need to be self-motivated and make deadlines for yourself and actually follow them. You can't rely on your professors to keep you accountable and keep you in check throughout the semester. So So would you say that's the the thing that makes it harder? Yeah, Yeah, definitely. Just knowing what deadlines you need to set for yourself because someone else isn't setting them for you. And besides that, it is just a lot of reading and it does. It's a different type of reading. you can't just read 20 pages and move on. You have to read them and then comprehend them and understand them and be able to talk about them in class. Um, So law school uses the Socratic method. So your professors will call on you and ask you questions about the reading and that in doing so, they're kind of teaching the rest of the class. And so you can't just read your 20 pages and move on. You have to really understand what you're reading and be able to talk about it with your professor in front of the class. And so that's an adjustment too, especially for me, because I hate talking in front of people and it makes me very nervous. But luckily, there are plenty of other people that feel that way too. And law school students are very encouraging to one another and very supportive of that. But it is harder because the reading takes you a lot longer to kind of digest. Do you believe that law school being harder in the ways that you just described makes it more stressful like on your mental health, your physical health, or your relationships? Um, Definitely. There's a lot of pressure and it could be self-imposed or from your family or just the expectations of what you think you should be doing. But in terms of getting the best summer clerkship and getting a job after graduating and maintaining a social life, 
all of those pressures that you feel are real and with your your classes being graded on a curve as well there's another aspect of like competition between yourself and your peers and that can really eat at your mental health as well but I think the biggest thing that I've heard and I struggle with this a lot myself is imposter syndrome and just that's kind of feeling like you are a fraud and all of your skills and successes and achievements don't haven't led you to this place and that you shouldn't be here and I know I've felt that plenty of times especially going to law school like not planned and deciding to do that late in the game a little bit I have struggled with that a lot and I think being surrounded by so many very very intelligent people in law school is does take a toll on your mental health because you do kind of feel like maybe you aren't you aren't deserving to be there and you're not smart enough and you can't fit in and you can't cut it with them but if you got in and you're there you have just as much of a right to be there as anyone else and you've clearly proven that you can do that but it definitely affects your mental health being surrounded by lots and lots of smart people you can definitely let those thoughts creep in that you can't do this or that you're not enough but you just have to vocalize that to people, I think, is my best advice, because sure. if you talk to other lawyers or your family or friends or people that you trust, they will affirm that you do have the skills and the talents to be there and the brains to do it. And so I think the worst thing you can do is just let that eat you up inside and not speak on it, because you do need that external like affirmation from people um, and encourage you to get through this. So. For you personally, uh, what do you do to try to maintain a balance between your studies, uh, your social life, your personal life? This is just what works for me, but I stop doing school most nights at 6 p.m. This is like a hard deadline that I set for myself, but it's been the biggest help for me to maintain a normal social and personal life. Some nights are definitely exceptions, especially during finals, but for the most part, I wake up early and do my reading then, and after class, I am extremely intentional about doing my reading for the next day to stay on top of it. And on Sundays, I read a few days ahead to make sure I can leave my evenings free. It's really, really important to set time aside for yourself to do whatever it is you want to do. And for some people, unwinding might be exercising or going to dinner with friends. But for me, it is laying in my bed with my favorite snack and my dog and watching trashy reality TV. And that's what I make time for on the weeknights. Um, that is how I recharge. That is how I keep myself sane during law school. And I set that time aside for myself to do whatever I want. And whenever you want to do that, maybe it is early in the morning maybe it's in the middle of the day but you need you need to set time aside for yourself and create space to just do what you want to do each day because law school will consume you if you let it and there's this this feeling that if you're ever relaxing you're always thinking about all the things that you should be doing and you really need to be intentional to just let yourself relax because otherwise you will just burn yourself out really quickly so I think I've gotten more to be more of a planner throughout law school because I need to plan my relaxing time. But you honestly need to do that in order to maintain your relationships and your friendships and stay on top of school, too. So that sounds great. Sounds like you've got a, a fairly good <laughs> handle on everything, Rachel. So the final question I had for you is what is the biggest challenge uh, navigating law school for you and how did you overcome that challenge? 
So I've already kind of touched on this, but your your law school grades are on a curve. So they're graded against your classmates. And that was one of the hardest things for me was figuring out how to um, balance friendships while not feeling competitive. And I think almost everybody in my class has struggled with this at one point because if you do talk about grades with your friends, you realize that, I mean, your friends are doing better than you and some friends are doing worse than you. And it's easy to let yourself be jealous by the friends doing better or to think better of yourself than your other friends. And it's just, it can become a really competitive environment. And so I have found that it's really important to separate school and try not to talk about school with your law school friends. You need to just keep it separate because otherwise you're introducing this, I guess, feelings of like jealousy and competitiveness into the friendship. And that was something hard to navigate that first year of law school because it law school is such a big part of your life and that the temptation is to talk about it with your friends all the time but you really need to separate that so that you can have friendships that coexist outside of it um yeah thank you rachel so much for all of your answers they were great and i know that they are going to greatly benefit all the pre-law students who are listening to this podcast so thank you thank you lauren now I'm going to interview Kyle Drott, who just finished practice court and is a 9Q at Baylor Law. So uh, first of all, this is the last quarter for you, Kyle. How does that feel? It, it feels really good. It's also, it's a, it, w- it would be more sad if I weren't so excited about the job I have waiting for me. But my brother, he also went to law school and he described law school as the uh, the most fun he never wanted to have again, which, which I has been very true for me. Like, I really enjoyed this experience. It's weird that it's about to be over. Yeah, I'm sure. So go ahead and uh, tell the students a little bit more about you. Where did you do your undergraduate career and what did you major in? Yeah, I am a double bear. So I went to Baylor for undergrad, started back in 2013, graduated in uh, 2017, and I got a finance and management double major. I think it was a double major uh, from hand camera. It was, I was the last, last hand camera out the door. Oh wow, that's awesome! Before Paul L. Foster. Yeah, very cool. You took a little bit of time though, right, between when you graduated at Baylor and going into Baylor Law School. Yes. Yeah. So I, I graduated. Uh, you know, so 2017 moved straight up to Denver, Colorado, uh, without a job, which is not where I'm from. I'm from Tyler, Texas, and uh, my my sister was up there, so I accepted the first sales job that I found. It was one of those warm bodies in seats, kind of getting beat up by customers, pushy sales jobs, and oh gosh, it was it was terrible. So that was soul sucking. And then I, I went over and worked for Fidelity Investments, yeah, actually using my finance degree a little bit. I worked in customer service as a, a stockbroker and worked my way up to being a, a supervisor and was helping people. But I was never helping people as much as I wanted to. I found I found at the higher level, I kept having to say, sorry, I can't answer that. You know, I'm, I'm not your attorney. Go, go get an attorney. So I I also also felt a little bit like a 
corporate number sometimes. So uh, this perfect storm happened where I I never wanted to be an attorney, but I realized I'm going to be really be able to help people as an attorney, and I'm going to to uh, you know have a little bit more control of my life as an attorney and not just be you know a corporate number so I uh, then came over here to back to Texas for law school. Awesome would you recommend taking that time in between undergrad and law school or what do you think about it? So I don't think there's a wrong way to do it for me I found that it was helpful because when you're studying the law you're studying real life. So the more life experience you have, the more you will intuitively understand certain concepts. You know, so the when you're reading employment cases, uh, having worked uh, a, a job that gives you context, having paid the rent, having paid a mortgage, when you're reading, you know, cases about mortgages and property, if you've if you've bought a home yourself, gosh, you understand transactional law so much better than people who went straight through from undergrad. That said, I also, I felt a little rusty on how to study. Sure. So yeah. I, I felt like uh, my, my wife, Natalie, you know, she went she went straight through. I feel like she had a, a better grasp on how to study and I, I had to work to flex that muscle again. I can see that being a little bit of a, of a struggle going back. Going into law school, you know, how was that transition for you? Would you say that law school was more or less stressful than the working world? I would say it was more stressful, but in a good way. I was not very confident when I was working before law school, and the stress of law school wasn't just meaningless stress. Uh, Baylor Law really built my confidence. So now everything feels less stressful. Yeah, so definitely more stressful, but I'm really glad that it was more stressful. Right, like it taught you some things about life. and Yeah, exactly. So you just went through uh, practice court, which is two quarters, correct? Yes, and what do you, you have to tell the students about that? What, what is it exactly? How was the experience? Did it live up or down to your expectations? The way I typically describe practice court to people who are not familiar with Baylor Law at all is it's, it's boot camp for attorneys. It's specifically boot camp for litigation attorneys. But that doesn't really give you an idea of what it is. I'd say it's a a deep dive survey course into all aspects of litigation and the law surrounding uh, litigation and every topic you could run into in, in litigation, all the procedural rules and case law, while at the same time learning how to actually litigate and practicing those techniques and skills and getting feedback. So you're you're learning the case law and the statutes on what you can and can't do. And then you're going into a recreation courtroom in front of real attorneys, real judges, and getting feedback on those things that the law doesn't tell you about. This is what a jury thinks about this. This is what a jury won't like about that. Like, lean and you know, say this more often. And you're learning those things. Okay. 
And so how did you feel about it as far as your expectations of what it would be and then how do you feel now about it? It was honestly, it was easier than I thought it was going to be. It, I was expecting like a real boot camp experience. I never cried during practice court. And there's a there's a weird masochistic part of me that's a little bit disappointed by that. Like I wanted I wanted a little tougher experience. Sure. Yeah. It, I mean, it was hard. It was really hard, but it, it wasn't what people build it up to be. So would you say that it's harder than the other quarters at Baylor? Yes. Oh, absolutely. Okay. Uh, but you feel like it's worth it, though, it sounds like, going through practice court. Yes. Yes. If not only just for the, the confidence building that you get from practice court. Yeah. I just, yeah, it's like you you see nine nine quarter law students who've gone through PC and they, they always kind of, they look like they don't care anymore. And I know now it's not that they don't care. It's just that they're not anxious about anything anymore because they know they'll be able to get it done. They know they're capable. They have the skills that they need to go into the courtroom and and feel like they will be able to handle whatever comes at them, basically. Precisely. Yeah, that's great. So did you have to write a notorious memo? Kind of. I didn't have to write the memo that everyone talks about where you end up writing that memo is you didn't know the answer to the question that the professor asked or you just didn't read that day and so they bring the hammer down on you they give you that memo both my pc partner and i have raging adhd so we missed a couple deadlines on our writing assignments for the advocacy portion of pc and when you do that they make you file a motion for leave for extended time and I think we had to write like three of those. That's great. Did you feel like any of your fellow students were experiencing tremendous stress during law school, particularly during practice court? Uh, Did you feel it yourself? You talked a little bit about that, but what would you say you observed while you were in law school? Mostly what I saw was just, you know, people generally stressed out, you know, some complaining about the stress. I did see one girl full on breakdown crying from uh, she'd signed up for some extra stuff and and the stress was really getting to her. Um, And, you know, we we all kind of we gathered around her and gave her hugs and consoled her and let her know that she was going to get through it. And yeah, of course, she got through it. But for myself, I never felt that stressed out. I felt overwhelmed by the amount of stuff to do, but I never had like a panic attack. That's good. So something I've kind of heard from Rachel and from you is it seems like there's a little bit of a communal aspect to law school. It's like you're going through this together. Mm -hmm. And so would you say that that is what is helpful to get through those stressful moments is that everybody kind of comes together. You're all going through it together. Yeah, definitely. And what I find particularly helpful is like when you're going through something stressful like PC, the community that you want around you, you don't want to you don't want a community of complainers. Right. When you're around, you know, it's the it's the water cooler talk. If you complain about work, it makes work three times worse. But if you just all kind of grin and say, this is awful, but we're going to sit down and do it. It's so much more bearable. So picking and choosing the, the kind of community that you surround yourself with during those those hard moments of law school will make a real big difference to your overall mental well-being. 
That makes sense. So surround yourself with the people early on that you feel like are going to be there for you and stick with you through those three years. Yeah, exactly. And not just kind of meaningless complain. Yeah, no, I get that. How do you personally maintain a balance between school, your social life, your personal life, all those things? Yeah, so my first answer is what balance? Um, (laughs) (laughs) But actually, so I've tried a lot of different techniques on trying to find balance. And, you know, so I I was dating all through law school, um, dating my, my now wife, and now I'm married the method that I've found for balance, if, if balance is even, you know, achievable, is one, I think to accept that balance is a constantly shifting pendulum. You're gonna experience more or less versions of balance at different times. And that's and that's okay. You're not a failure for letting certain things take less of your attention. That That's okay. But then also, I found that if I do the hard work of front-loading my schoolwork, getting the schoolwork done, and then being intentional about stopping my schoolwork to go do the other things, I enjoy everything more. So I enjoy my rest more if I've actually gotten my work done. I've also tried the just like, I'm just going to go take my rest time and not do my schoolwork. And... And th- and then you're not even, you know, then then it hangs over your head and you're not really resting when you're supposed to be resting. I think you're saying, you know, just be intentional about getting done what you need to get done, but also doing the other things that you need to do in your life. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I, I early in law school, I let the anxiety keep me from going on a, a date with Natalie or going and, you know, volunteering with church. And I've learned that I feel better when I get my schoolwork out of the way and then very intentionally stop my schoolwork and go volunteer with my church or go spend some focus time with Natalie or go get coffee with a friend. If I do those things, one, I'm happier and two, then it's easier to go sit down and get back to work. I think that's great advice. What was your biggest challenge navigating law school and how did you overcome it? My first year, I found out that I had sleep apnea. Oh, no. Um, I had a, a deviated septum in my nose. I was not ever getting 100% oxygen, which was making my, my ADHD and my focus so much worse. Uh, it, it explains you know, years of just not being able to wake up in the morning. And I know a lot of students who have run into to health issues in law school, they run into a similar analysis I had to make, which was, do you wait to get the health issue taken care of? Or do you suffer through trying to, to you know, get the surgery while you're in law school? Right. In my case, I chose to rely on my friends to get me notes for class, to help me get outlines and, you know, get me caught up on what happened in class and go get the surgery. And I'm really glad I did because once I started sleeping, my I went from uh, mostly B's and some C's to mostly B's and a few A's. And it, my whole world changed. That first year, you know, particularly that third quarter while I was trying to recover from a surgery and study for finals, that was rough. And I only got through it with friends. Yeah, I don't think we always think about health problems manifesting in law school because 
the same thing happened to me and I had to prioritize my health for Mm -hmm. a semester or two as well. And it's a lot to take on while you're also doing this, this huge endeavor to try to, you know, achieve and get to your future career. Yeah, I I found that I kind of carried this uh, chip on my shoulder throughout law school after that first year of, of kind of feeling like my, like my first year got taken away from me. Right. You know, it was, it was the, the regret of like, oh, man, if I'd come into law school without this sleep apnea, man, like, you know, my first year grades, which are so important, may have been just so much better. If you go through law school and you experience something like that, that's so human. That's so normal. But in my case, I got to a place where I accepted where I was at. And I'm I'm happy now with the way law school turned out. I'm happy with the kind of job that I got. I'm you know, I'm, I'm glad I have my health. I, I guess right. I guess the antidote to those feelings of like frustration with medical stuff in law school is practicing gratitude. Oh, I think that's amazing. And I love what you said about being human, because I think maybe we have all been good students and we feel like we're going to be super lawyers and maybe we will someday, but we're also human beings. And so we have to kind of keep that in mind and pace ourselves and take care of ourselves as well. Well, thank you, Kyle. I really appreciate everything you said. I know you're going to be encouraging and helpful to the pre-law students as they prepare for law school and everything it entails. Well, thank you. Now I'm going to interview Natalie Draught, who many of you know as Natalie Bennett. So Natalie, go ahead and introduce yourself a little bit. Where did you do your undergrad career and what did you major in? Yeah, so I went to Indiana University in Bloomington, where I majored in biology and I got my Bachelor of Science uh, during the pandemic and then came back. (laughs) Well, we're glad that you're back. (laughs) Me too. So going to law school, was this a decision you made later on in your undergraduate career or a little bit after? Yeah, so I chose biology because I wanted to go to medical school. I was pre-med for the first two years of undergrad. And then I did like a health studies program, realized that I really didn't want to be a doctor and um, ended up talking to my dad, who's a lawyer, and he suggested I take the LSAT. Uh, so I did kind of on a whim and used that as like a diagnostic about whether or not I have kind of like the way of thinking of a lawyer. So how do you feel about that decision now? Are you happy that you decided to go to law school? Uh, if you'd asked me during practice court, I might have said no. But <laughs> now, now that it's over, I would say definitely I'm glad to be in law school. I feel like it's a really empowering career to choose being in the legal field. And so it's really neat to get to learn more about how the world works in law school. You were just saying that, that you just went through practice court too, didn't you? Mm-hmm, I did, yeah. <laughs> so do you feel like you and Kyle, who is your husband, by the way, mm-hmm. uh, which you know that. <laughs> I know that, but I don't know it. Everybody else might not know not that. students know as well. <laughs> do you feel similarly to Kyle about the practice court experience, or do you think you feel differently about it? So I don't know exactly what he said about it, but uh, from my own conversations with him, I think that we were both kind of surprised at how much more manageable it was than people made it sound. Like, it definitely was rigorous, but it wasn't as stressful as people made it sound. And I really feel like it was a good growing experience. I don't know. What did Kyle say? (laughs) Similarly to you, he thought it was worth it, but he did think it was a harder couple of quarters than the rest of law school. Oh, definitely. Definitely was. Yeah. 
one of the questions I wanted to ask you is about the fact that you and Kyle got married in the middle of law school. <laughs> so how do you feel about your decision to get married during law school? Do you think it brought more stress on you? Or were you and Kyle able to navigate law school better because you were married? Kyle and I met during orientation of law school. Okay. So we kind of, we started at the same time. We were in a lot of the same kind of intro classes together, and we did a lot of our studying together, and we started dating. And so we were spending a lot of our time together anyway. It kind of was more natural because we – we weren't like living together or anything and like we would spend time together but then at once it got later in the evening it'd be like okay I have to go home now and I'd have to like drive home we knew that we wanted to get married and so it just made sense to go ahead and it was actually really helpful I think during practice court to have have someone to lean on different things stress each of us out and it was really nice to have kind of a, a support system and I'm all for like not putting life on pause for like the three years that you're in law school or are doing other school stuff. Yeah. So it was very much like, a, okay, we know we want to get married. So why would we wait an extra year and a half? We might as well just make it work. Well, that's one of the things from talking to Kyle and I think talking to you that I like is that uh, what is coming across to me is that you're still human beings, even though you're law students. Yes. <laughs> right? Yeah. And you don't want to ever forget that you're a human and you need companionship and you need friends and you need mm-hmm. to do other things outside of just study. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> I don't even know if you need to study. I don't feel like that's one of my basic needs is studying. But <laughs> You put together my pamphlet for the students called Alternatives to Unhealthy Stress Outlets, which I keep it in my office and I also keep it in the case commons. Everybody has loved the pamphlet, by the way. Love it. Thank you. (laughs) So tell me, when you put this pamphlet together, who did you use as your main source of information? I used a lot of information from the Mayo Clinic on the effects of stress on your body and things like that, and then also put resources that the state of Texas has put out. So looking at the pamphlet now, on the first inside page, I see some alarming stats. I see that 20.6% of attorneys engage in problematic drinking, 36.4% indicated hazardous drinking or possible alcohol abuse independence, 74.1% of attorneys use stimulants weekly, 46.8% use tobacco weekly, and 31% and 21.6% use marijuana or other opioids weekly, respectively. Those are all very alarming statistics, obviously. But the last two were particularly alarming to me considering marijuana and many opioids are illegal in many states. Here we are, lawyers and professionals, but our habits do not seem to line up with our oath that we take and with our ethics. So my question for you is, do you think that these habits start in law school? And this would just be your own opinion, I know, but what do you think about that? Yeah, I think... Probably for a lot of people. Like, I know I don't deal with like alcohol and drug abuse, but sugar abuse for sure. (laughs) And that for me started in law school. So I think it, it probably does start for a lot of people in law school because it's, it's probably the biggest transition that you have in in your life up to that point, because law school is so different from undergrad, uh, that it introduces a lot of stress. And I haven't become an attorney yet, but I expect the jump from uh, undergrad to law school is maybe more significant than law school to lawyer, because law school is preparing you to be a lawyer and undergrad's not preparing you to go to law school. 
Yeah, I think there is a little bit of truth to that. There are probably a few first-year associates who think their work is a little bit harder than law school was. But for the most part, I think you're right. I think the jump from undergrad to law school is is a bigger one. And you just you feel the stress on your body more than you ever have before. According to the Mayo Clinic, there are several effects of stress on your body, your mood, and your behavior. We can just hit some of the highlights, but based on your research, what might be some of those? Yeah, so in terms of like effect on your body, things like muscle tension or pain, fatigue, stomach upset, and then even like sleep problems. It's an effect on your body, not just on your mind to keep you from sleeping. Stress is not just a mental thing. It yeah. actually affects your whole body. Oh, yeah, yeah totally. And as for mood, I mean, we, we all know like kind of stress is associated with anxiety, but it also can kind of create like a lack of motivation and focus, be more irritable or angry or even like sad and depressed. So it's kind of like there's a full range of, of ways that it can manifest in, in your mood, but it's not just... Like, worry and anxiety. What did the Mayo Clinic give as far as advice to help with stress management? They suggested that you kind of really take a hard look at the things that you're spending your time thinking about and identifying the things that you can and can't control and really focus on the things that you can control and try to, as much as possible, let go of the things that you can't. And the Mayo Clinic even suggests taking time to relax. So I don't know, anybody who feels guilty about relaxing or taking time and not being productive, uh, the Mayo Clinic tells you that you should. And then, yeah, uh, setting an agenda and saying no to things. So that was really hard for me, saying no to things. But yeah, no, it's really important because everybody has limited bandwidth. I think that's great advice that we need to be intentional. I believe that came out in my interview with Kyle as well, just being intentional about when we spend our time, where we spend it, and who we spend it with. Yeah, definitely. Also, you came up with a list partly with some of the advice from the Mayo Clinic of alternative stress relief outlets. What are some of those, and are any of the practices that you employ yourself? Yeah, so there it's a long list, so I'll just I'll just name the ones that I do. So finding a creative hobby. I got kind of into jewelry making. I was already into things like knitting and crocheting and those are really helpful for me. And then taking a nap, uh, gotta love it. Uh, getting a pet. I have a hamster named Arlo that Kyle and I share and we adore him, but he is our for sure our emotional support animal. Mm-hmm. But even things like cleaning. Even though it doesn't really sound fun, it's like it decluttering your physical space can kind of help declutter your mental space and having something productive but not like mental energy sucking is right. really nice so that you can just kind of feel more confidence about yourself and your ability to get things done. I think that's great. Yeah, for me in law school, I did yoga. I had a Christian yoga tape that I did in the evenings before bed. That's awesome. <laughs> and I also was in my church choir. And so those were the few things I did to kind of get my mind off law school and de-stress a little bit. So. I love it. Are there a couple of websites that these students can access that might help them understand more about what they need to do if they're dealing with mental health or even with substance abuse problems? 
Yeah, if you are able to get your hands on one of these pamphlets, there are QR codes on the back. But if you are just wanting to Google something right now, the Department of Health and Human Services for the state of Texas has a mental health and and substance abuse webpage. And you can just go and they have services for adults, even for children. They have a crisis line. And then also TexasSuicidePrevention.org is a website that has access to a bunch of different crisis lines, one generally for suicide, and then some other ones for different marginalized communities who are more prone to to suicidal thoughts. Okay, great. And we have both of those uh, websites where you can QR to them through our pamphlet. Is that correct? Yes. Yeah. Okay, great. So finally, the two questions I'm asking all of you that I'm interviewing today is how do you personally maintain a balance between school, social life, and your personal life? And then I also have the question, what was your biggest challenge navigating law school and how did you overcome it? But you can start with the first one. Okay, yeah. So how do I maintain balance between school, social life, and personal life? So I think for me, what's been really helpful is finding a group of friends outside of law school because... I think law students can find it really easy, at least in my experience as a law student, to kind of self-isolate. And that's one of the, I forgot to get into the behavior parts of like the effects of stress on your behavior, but one of them is social withdrawal. And I've definitely seen that as a law student. So having friends who you meet outside of law school. So for me, I've we have a small group through our church that has been really, really special and instrumental in kind of helping us to have opportunities to get together and spend time with people and just have fun. And nobody there wants to talk about the law, believe it or not. Uh, so... <laughs> You're so, yeah, I know, right? Uh, so, so it gives us like a good brain break, and we can like play board games. We went and saw the Barbie movie last night, which was fun. I know, yeah. So, yeah, no, it's so finding friends outside of law school, and then one thing that I thought has been really helpful is having part-time jobs if you can manage it. I worked for the library for a while, and so I could just sit and do my homework. But it was, and it was in kind of like a social, helpful, kind of like you still get face-to-face contact with other people, but you're getting time to work and just feel productive. But yeah, and then personal life, like I said, not putting life on pause. Like Kyle and I decided we wanted to get married, and so we just took a quarter off of school so that we could take a honeymoon and yeah, I don't know. Made it happen. Yeah, mm-hmm. we made it happen. And it was like, I'm school is not the end all be all. It's just the thing that God has for me right now. And so it's just a part of your life. Yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah. It's it's a means to an end. Yes. I think that's a great point and a great place to end uh, this podcast. Uh, but I think there is one other question that you oh, yeah. answered. <laughs> so what was your biggest challenge navigating law school? How did you overcome it? Yeah, so I struggled a lot with social anxiety and fear of public speaking, and both of those are very hard <laughs> to have in in a litigation school, I would say, and in a litigation career. I lean more transactional uh, in terms of my interests, but Baylor is very good about training litigators, and so 
as part of that. I know Kyle talked a lot about the practice court program, but they also do like a moot court program for their at the end of your first year. And so there were a lot of times when I would have to kind of speak in front of people in a way that I had never voluntarily done before. (laughs) And so that was really anxiety inducing for me. But I think it, it almost has been like exposure therapy, like right. getting getting to do it over and over again and see that the world doesn't end every time. Yes. It has been really, really helpful for me because now I feel like I can do it, even if, it, if it's not something that I necessarily enjoy, mm-hmm. uh, that I'm capable of it. Whereas before, I never really felt like it was something that I could do. And then as for like social anxiety, it's hard to network when you have social anxiety but but it's been really helpful like I found it very helpful taking some medication for anxiety like prescribed yeah like with consultation from the doctor I just want to clarify no like (laughs) substance abuse issues over here but no it really does help it kind of brings you a little bit out of your head and I feel like you have to be you have to live in your head a little bit to get to the point where you're at law school because you have to be really focused and organized and a hard worker and so but sometimes you can live in your head a little bit too much and so I think that that was kind of a challenge that I had to to deal with a little bit coming to law school to navigate a little bit yeah yeah I do think law school stretches you maybe Mm -hmm. more than you've ever been stretched before. Definitely. And there's definitely times when you need to consult a doctor about a health issue, including a mental health issue to to get you, you know, just through the three years. And I think one thing that both uh, you and Kyle and Rachel as well were all able to emphasize is that you all figured out that you were capable of getting through law school. Yeah, definitely. (laughs) And that's something that I think all law students feel their first year is imposter syndrome. And once you get through law school, you realize, okay, I did it. I was able to get through these three years and get through all the different things that were thrown at me and still be a human being, but also be a law student and you're well on your way to graduation. Yeah, almost there. Yay. I'm so excited for you. Well, thank you, Natalie. I really appreciate your answers and all the work you did in preparing the pamphlet on alternatives to unhealthy stress outlets. I really appreciate all of uh, these law students who were here with me today. And I'm so very thankful for your example to our undergrads. He was there identified by the prosecutrix in this case and later identified by the prosecutrix in the robbery case. Immediately after the interrogation, 